22 minutes to eight. Phil Curry in just a moment. And shortly after that, we'll get into some texts that uh, give a bit of an insight to some of the things that are happening around Adelaide and South Australia at the moment. Feel free to text us anonymously on anything you hear. 0408 is the Telstra Store Mount Barker text line number. We'll get to those very shortly. But first, it is Phil Curry in the nation's capital for the Australian Financial Review. Morning to you, Phil. No morning, fellas. So, Phil, are we, are we going to get today, do you think, some detail around the rent relief package? Uh, I, I think a little bit. I, I, they should finalise what's happening with commercial uh, leases because um, they were meant to finalise that on Friday last week and this is the states and the states and the Commonwealth and, it, and it's still unresolved. But, I, um, look, it's very complicated and confusing, but hopefully they'll land on that today. But essentially, if you're a small business or if your business turnover is no more than $50 million a year, you and your landlord will be bound by some sort of mandatory code of conduct um, to, to, to sort of sort this out, whereas uh, bigger businesses just have to slug it out individually with their landlords. As for as for private renters, there's still not a lot of clarity, uh, other than the fact there's a, there's a moratorium you can't be thrown out for six months, you can't be evicted for six months, but that doesn't mean you don't pay your rent if you can. You know, if you can. So, um, again, it's still unclear how that works between landlords and, and private renters. So it's very complicated and it's mm. pretty much the responsibility of the states uh, to sort that out on an individual basis because it's their area of law. It's not really something the Commonwealth has any jurisdiction over. Phil, so what's your reading of the national picture in terms of the infection rate? Compared to a lot of other countries, we seem to be doing a, a very good job at flattening the curve. What does that mean for our leaders, though? What will their thinking be around what the next step in this process looks like, do you think? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point, Dave. We've, we've done really well as a country, and I think we're, you know, we're, we're, we'll sort of know more today because after the meeting of the Prime Minister and the Premier, they're going to release what's called the modelling. And they're, they're the sort of various scenarios where they feed in all these assumptions based on behaviour and stuff, and then they try and forecast you know, how good it could be or how bad it could be, you know, different scenarios, worst and best-case scenarios, if we do this, how we can change it. So we'll have a sort of better idea in about you know, six or seven hours' time about the outlook. But just based on conversations I've been having and and, and the numbers the government's been putting out, our, our rate of increase in numbers of cases in Australia is really low. Like It was like 2% last 24 hours, 3% before that. I mean, it's, we've actually done a pretty good job uh, by everyone. You know, and that's why they, they're saying stay in your homes and keep isolating because we've actually managed to not knock this thing on the head but limit it its spread. But to the point, where the Prime Minister is trying to work out, you know, in six months' time how we all start sort of opening things up again when there's no vaccine. And, and actually, and privately, they think we might need to increase the rate of infection a little bit so we've got a few more immune people in six months' time. Um, yeah, not, not, you know, when they say increase the rate of infection, you do it so the hospitals can cope. You know, you don't, you don't want to overwhelm the hospital so serious cases and ill people can get the treatment they need. Um, so it's this sort of what they call trying to manage the rate of spread in this management phase now. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the imagery someone suggested was, was like having two dials, you know, trying to turn the economy up and, and control the rate of the virus. It's a very difficult thing to try and do. Um, but it's, it's a position we're in because we've managed to sort of, you know, not, you know, to pretty much flatten this thing. But at the same time, don't get mm. carried away and think we're over. It's over because we'll run around outside again and we'll go through the roof. But, you know, you know you've got to look at what's yeah. going on in the UK and the US and other places. Yeah, there's no place you'd rather be, for sure, than here. Absolutely. I, I guess, too, that when you look at the sort of mob psychology of all of this, the, the message, certainly from, from our Premier here, Stephen Marshall, and, and, and from what I've seen elsewhere around the country, is 
that while we're going well now, we can't afford to get complacent. Like we still need to keep the foot of the floor in terms of social distancing and so on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you know? Um, because what we've achieved in the last couple of weeks is a result of everyone sort of you know, everyone by and large doing what's been asked of staying home and so forth. So you can undo that pretty quickly. I think, you know, one of the things too is, you know, some of the states, I mean, Victoria and New South Wales have been pretty gung-ho and, you know, I don't know what it's like in South Australia, but you've got coppers driving around over here flying people for all sorts of things and that's, you know, they've been asked to sort of back off and just show a little bit of common sense because, as, as, as the Prime Minister's been saying, if you push people too hard, if you're just unreasonable about it, um, you're going to lose the public on this. And they'll just say, you know, stuff mm. and, and, and they'll, they'll just rebel. Right? And that's the last thing they want. So, you know, authorities have to, um, you know, do the right thing here too and just, just be a little smart about it. And we had that story in Melbourne just over a mother and daughter went for a drive and got a $1,600 fine, you know. Just, yeah. just, it's just heavy-handed. So you don't you don't want too much of that. Everyone's sort of got to you know work together on this. But one of the things the prime minister is concerned about, and he's making you know all this all this money they've rolled out to help everybody. That there isn't any more. Like there's a few billion here and there, you know, for incidentals in the next few months. But there's not going to be any more big spending packages. And he also sort of I think he, you watch his language now. He's starting to really accentuate that this has to be turned off. At some stages, don't get mm. used to it. It's not. It's not here forever, right? And uh, because the country will just go bust otherwise. So that's another sort of you know political thing they can, that they're going to have to manage and start messaging over the next few months. And he's warning some of the states like Victoria, which wants to go harder again with the restrictions. He said, "You go and do that, but there's no money for the people you're going to put out of work." So yeah, you know, these are the mm. sort of difficulties too that they're grappling with internally. Hey, Phil, before we let you go, mate, um, we were talking last week and, and have on several occasions about local footy, which is something a lot of us have grown up with. And um, I know that, um, you know, the message has been that clearly a lot of people are out of work and can't afford to. But for those who can, people have got an affinity with their SANFL club, be it, you know, the Maggies or the Bulldogs or mm. the Panthers. In our case, it's the Double Blues. I heard from Sue Dewing at Sturt, mate, that not only did you renew your membership last week, but you've even done a video for the club urging other people to do the same. So good on you, mate, and go the Double Blues. Oh, oh no, it's a shocker. Well, I handheld my mobile phone. <laughs> Talk into it. <laughs> Don't watch it. But, yeah, look, look, look. look you know, I took out a membership. Look, if you can help, if you can't, you know, there's no pressure. But I just took, I took out a membership of Sturt, even though even if they were playing, I probably wouldn't have been allowed to go back and watch them anyhow. But um, mm. if you've got the means, <laughs> if you're still working and you've got a bit of, bit of cash, you know, where you can. Because the last, you know, like, as I said on my video, my most miserable memory was, was sitting there at the 78 grand final and, uh, um, you know, watching that, that terrible <laughs> one-point loss. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I, want, I want that to remain my worst memory of the club. You don't want, you don't want to see your club you know, not go yeah. under or anything like that. So, um, yeah, and, you know, I read the other day, Port might be in a bit of trouble and that'd be just unthinkable. So um, if you can help your club, mm. help your club. Good on you, Phil. Thanks well, for that, mate. Good on you, mate. Good on you, guys. Uh, Phil Curry from the Australian Financial Review will be able to re read uh, Phil's take on uh, all that comes out of the National Cabinet meeting a little bit later today. We've got some texts coming in, David, on the Telstra Store Murray Bridge text line. We have, and we, we're getting a, a few texts about the situation at um, Sacred Heart College. Now, my understanding, Will, is that this is a situation that, that is being replicated at other private schools around the state, not all private schools, but a number of private schools are um, facing financial difficulty. And we've had a couple of texts saying that um, teachers 
have been um, stood down at, at, at Sacred Heart. You've got some information on that too, Will. Yeah, I, I, the person that texted us puts a number to it, which we, we're not reading out because we can't vouch for the credibility of that. All that we can say is that there have been uh, staff members that have been stood down uh, as recently as yesterday from that college, and it marries up with uh, what I've been told and have been hearing about other major colleges, private schools around South Australia, where uh, teachers have been briefed uh, about the, the reality of the financial situation in those schools, and in some cases have been told to expect there to be some redundancies uh, or some job losses. And this is because um, so many businesses suddenly have gone almost overnight to having zero income, and one of the first things people mm. did was ring up the school and say, we're withdrawing our child or children from term, from semester two. Uh, or as soon as they they possibly could, um, and this this the sense is that the stories behind the families that have withdrawn children speak to the size of some of the businesses that suddenly aren't viable in South Australia. It paints a really scary picture. Mm. I'm hearing that you know we're talking about the most expensive schools in SA, and the families that go there are saying, well, we simply don't have a budget for this any longer and they're not the kind of families you ever would have associated those kind of concerns with. So it, may, it does not surprise me. Um, if it's the Sacred Heart situation, they're not, they're not alone here. Let's just say that. There's a lot of other massive private schools that are absolutely struggling as a result of uh, what's going on in the economy at the moment. Uh, it's 12 minutes to 8.